Dixieland Delight in T-Town. Sorry, fellas. Buckeyes down Penn State again and Clemson, Clemson's in Miami. That and so much more coming up on week nine of the Southern Roots Football Show on the porch of Southern Roots Radio. By the way, the name of the show, Southern Roots Football Show. On Southern Roots Radio, right? On Southern Roots Radio. Hugh Freeze is dancing on the sideline. At Auburn. Okay. All right. Looking like Elvis. (laughs) What the I kept saying, do what we do. Do what we do. Do what we do. No, I get on my O-line forums and stuff on Twitter. Uh, Do you hear that chord? His O-line forums. I didn't know those existed. Wait, is that where you're seeing all these pictures of uh, the belly and the maple syrup? No, I delete those. That's a completely different Yeah. I ran up on that one before, too. I don't know what you're looking at, Jason. <laughs> uh, and welcome back in. The gang is all here on this week nine edition, episode nine, season two, Southern Roots Football Show, back on the porch. Jack playing alongside Trevor McAnelly, Charles Sweden, Wes Brown, Cord Cole, joining us from the lovely boot state of uh, Louisiana in uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, gentlemen, hello. Welcome. Happy uh, happy Wednesday as we record on Wednesday. Lovely weather again. Gotta love the fall, right? Enjoy it while we can. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is the last week. about to turn off last this week. Uh, such a great day. Love it. Yeah, it's perfect today, man. <laughs> Gord, you ain't getting none of this, man. We're supposed to get some <laughs> frost coming next. Not even frost. Good. I mean, a couple days Good. of do you Coach, even know what still, that is, Cord, down there? No, we're still mid-80s. I mean, we had a nice little few-day fall. We're, like, back to mid-80s right now. I mean, it's shorts polo every day for work right now. <laughs> we touching the 80s yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Going to have yeah. two days of that, and that's about it. Now I see – I mean, I see we're hitting, just, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. supposed to be, like, a low of 39. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, wow. And Tuscaloosa is supposed to be a little chilly, and I can't wait for that one. <laughs> God bless you going to that shithole. Uh Got a winning record there, buddy. It's been, I was going to say, up. it's been good for him. Um, all right, uh, we got a lot to get to on this edition. Uh, of course, we'll recap that game uh, and so much more, the rest of the SEC. Uh, also, a couple of big games outside of the conference. We've got our trip to Alumniville, our pick six. We got six games this week, uh, including two top 20 head-to-head matchups outside of the Southeastern Conference and then four conference games that we will uh, touch on uh, here on this episode. Before we get into our opening kickoff, uh, got to get a firsthand report cord of uh, the cadets, the Army, uh, their fans, the team, the camo end zones. Of course, a huge, huge win for LSU, but uh, just the atmosphere of having uh, the, one of the service academies uh, invade, if you will, uh, Baton Rouge. How was it on Saturday? Man, campus was jumping. It was it was a good time. It was uh it was it was I, I thought it I felt and I don't want to come off bad sense. I felt like it got a little too like almost pity and a little too much on the other side from the the LSU side and, and you could tell Army uh fans and stuff could felt that way. But once the game kicked off, uh it it was it was football and then um it was respect the whole way. But they had great fans, they had a good time for the ones that were down here. Um Man, a lot of guys that I see wear purple and gold every week were, you know, rocking their army um, gear uh, for the game this week. It was, it was just, it was a good day on campus. Uh, nice weather. We had a, we had a good time, and I mean, it was just a, it was a nice way to go into the, uh, the bye week, 
Um, and the Tigers did exactly, you know, what I had asked and all that. But all in all, good time. End zones look good. Everything looked good. Not a fan of the uniform combo we wore, though. I hope we never do it again. It was white on white, right? With the gold helmets. With the gold we've helmets. Worn, we've worn the all-whites that usually don't work out well for us, as we know. When was the last time you wore those? We wore, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. No, we no, wore them last, last year. Last uh, year? We lost 40-13. to 13. It was... Uh, I think, That's, I, me, I think I somewhat remember Me that, and Trevor actually. have talked about this, man. What a game that could have been for just a beautiful college uniform combo, the white-orange-white or orange-orange-white, whatever y'all wanted to wear, our normal, and then y'all come out in those stupid-ass grays, and we rock the all-whites, and next thing you know, y'all put a 40-burger on us. That's what we get. And the last time before that, we wore them, I think Ole Miss whooped our ass, so. I'm about to say, we look pretty good in Smokies down there, in my opinion. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, you didn't look good. The, the, the scoreboard looked good, but the team didn't look I like the Smokies. I'll, I'll, I'll go with I'm it. I'm sorry. That's, that's fine, but y'all's gold, I mean, y'all's orange and our gold on the field together. Oh, yeah, no, you had two of the most iconic SEC uniforms of all time that you could have had on St. Field. Orange and orange, which we wore all yeah. orange and, uh, what was it, 12 West? No, was it? SEC championship game, 2007. Yeah, I was about to say, I think y'all wore all orange against us in 07. Huh? I think we wore all orange, though, when we got beat 13 men on the field, did we not? No, it was orange-white. But that was that was back when y'all had, uh, what is it, Adidas as a sponsor, and y'all's unis looked shiny. It was just a, you know, it just wasn't. But I, I was I was upset. But, yeah, I didn't I didn't like the uniform combo this week either, man. It looked like a solid crowd, though, uh, at it least good. first half. It I was mean, good. Right yeah, the first rip. half was really good, um, and then it, it, it cleared out. I mean, that it was a it was a it was a nice crowd for for an off weekend and, and thank thank you to Army for coming down and playing and enjoying it. Hope they had a good time. Um, I saw they're joining the AAC now, huh? Yeah, yep, that yep. news uh, came out today. Um, you know, I don't think shocking anybody. There are rumors of this uh, for a while now, but officially yeah. uh, broke today that Army will be joining the American Athletic Conference. And I did hear uh, on that topic real quick that the Army Navy game. Uh, on its regular schedule will be preserved so they will Hell be yeah. conference opponents it should be. but when they play they will not be conference opponents so that game stays where ah. it is now if both teams are at the top of that conference that year they will meet in the conference championship the week before no pomp and circumstance just a championship game and then they'll play their regular Army Navy game wow. at wherever site. Wow. So, so you could get a back to back. Two Army Navy back to back. Listen, that's yeah, that's yeah. That's so, one um, of my favorite games of the year. No so, other oh, teams, yeah. I would rather. No other teams, I would like to see do that. Yeah, that'd be I'm great. With you. That'd yeah. be great. No and Army joining just as a football member, uh, the rest of their, uh, the rest of their sports uh, maintaining in the, I believe the Patriot League, which is where mm-hmm. I believe Navy plays the rest of their sports. So. It makes a lot of sense, and and you know I think this is going to only going to help uh, Army joining because you know they get that conference affiliation. But look what what Air uh, what Air Force is doing by having a conference affiliation. So I think it's a uh, positive. By the way, how, before we leave that, how was the tailgate? Did you oh, get did Jimmy the uh, Army guys come by and uh, absolutely yeah. And, I mean, and, and Trev and, and Wes can speak on this. Obviously, it was eleven a.m. But man, you walk by our tailgate. First thing we're going to do is hey, you want a cold beer? You want something to eat? May may give you a little shit when you walk by, but I mean it's a it's a good time. We had a bunch of army folks come. Man, we had some wholesalers from around the state and around our region, uh, you know, give their tickets away and send army um, <coughs> colonels and lieutenants and, and cadets and all kinds yeah. of different people to this game. It was it was all in all just a great time, man. That's awesome, and that's what go. it's about when, yep. when an army comes to town. Honestly, it really and, is. And, and it seemed like LSU trip. did a good job of you know. Yeah. 
Emphasizing, emphasizing it, yeah. it, and it, it, it was on display. But I mean, at the end of the day, LSU took care of business, which you're supposed to do. Yeah. So, and I, to Cord's point of saying, you know, it was almost like that pity, like maybe it got to that point, but it was also their first trip to Baton Rouge. So, you know, yeah. that's a special inaugural thing. And then that's once you get past wanted, it, they it come getting, back there again. It was but getting to that, and it, it, it wasn't. I kind of <clears> kept it to myself, thinking that I didn't want anybody thinking like, "Oh, look at this cynical asshole." <laughs> you know, I get called an asshole enough around here. No, uh, especially at home. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it just and then somebody kind of I think it was somebody on the one of the shows for Army or whatever was like, "Man, this feels like it's kind of pitying us and all that." And I'm like, "Okay," but uh, let, then for 60 minutes, there's not going to be any pity. Don't worry. Right. I don't think pity is the right word no, or something like that. Yeah. You're celebrating no, I, you, these guys yeah. and what yes. they're doing and what they're doing and once Absolutely. they graduate and move on 100%. to their next step. It, it's more of a celebration. It's more of honoring and yeah. respect factor than it is pity yeah. in my book. That, thank you. That that's yes, you're correct. And that's what that's what I wanted it to stay as and not get, you know, too much. Yep. Well, clearly uh, LSU respected them enough to uh, prepare to get the win, 63-62-nothing. So there was certainly respect on the field as well. All right, let's get to our opening kickoff, and it is provided and sponsored by Society American Noshery each and every week. The best of American Noshery, food, music, and sports all in one place, the downtown square in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Don't forget Veterans Day. It is Fly Fest. going to have uh, music, food trucks, and you can get up in the air. You can go get off the ground. Cord is uh, shaking his head no for that. Uh, also, is there a weight limit? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends on, <laughs> depends on who's flying. Um, and uh, this evening, our uh, our dinner, a uh, little society uh, flair. Uh, we got some nosh of our own here on the back porch, a little uh, hot Nashville chicken pizza, and uh, some good old-fashioned uh, chicken wings. With can't a little can't beat it, man. bourbon sriracha sauce, a little uh, buffalo sauce. Uh, Fuck, why did nobody tell me about yeah. that when I was up there? Yeah. <laughs> you were focused on other parts of society, my friend. <laughs> you that's, were, what, that's when you were singing karaoke when yeah, karaoke wasn't going on. You were dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you were busy dancing. Right about the time you threw that right hip out. Yeah. Whether right. they were laughing at me or with me. They were <laughs> that's right. Go go check by uh, Society of American Nostra next time you're uh, on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg and uh, tell them we sent you. And don't forget, uh, Veterans Day, it's FlyFest. Go to etix.com and you can get your tickets for that. All right, uh, we'll start with uh, a little Jim Harbaugh news. Uh, seems to never go away, but uh, the, the news, of course, of, uh, you know, I don't know if they're calling it khaki gate now, but, you know, <laughs> had some had some folks, uh, or one guy in particular, uh, speaking of uh, service, uh, a former Army guy, I guess a Marine, but was going around and stealing signs or paying attention to signs and then worked his way over the course of time to get down on the field and was standing next to the assistant coaches from Michigan, apparently, and looking across the field and having studied was telling them, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. So there's a lot of hoopla, and you know, we'll see what what Jim Harbaugh does with this. But uh, that uh, gentleman has been suspended without pay, I believe, or maybe with pay. I don't know, but um, it's uh, it's an interesting thing. So we'll start with there because it's certainly been a, a topic of conversation this week of the world of college football. I mean, here's my thing, guys. We we live in the world of 4K TVs. There, when you're inside a college football stadium, there is a camera on each and every person on that sideline. If you wanted to sit down and do the research, it's gonna be there. You could see it in, in almost real time. 
it could be there. The fact that they spent there, he's not the only guy that does that. They scout, they go do. Do do I think that maybe it gives them upper hand? Okay, yeah, you get some leads on it. People change their signs. They change their signals. You know, back in you know 2010, 2011, whenever the spread came in, everybody goes to having three guys on the sideline holding up cardboard signs and the signs. You got to guess which one's which. Man, you can't blame wins and losses on somebody sitting there scouting the game that they're watching. Whether it's signs, whether it's calls, whether what it boils down, you got to tackle, you got to block, gotta execute. and you got to rock on. That that's point blank what it is. Uh, me and Wes hit on a little bit earlier. It's carried over to where this guy had tickets to, you know, Tennessee, Clemson, Alabama, and they were scouting all of it. And then he got transferred over to South Carolina, and that's why South Carolina beat the piss out of Tennessee last year. Hell no. That dude wasn't out there missing tackles <laughs> left or not. He didn't throw for 400 yards and six touchdowns. I think it's being overblown, in my opinion. It's being blown out of proportion. Um is it against the rules? Maybe. I don't know the bylaws of sending one, you know, somebody that's a GA or somebody that may be on staff to go and scout another game. But you, you could get it. You want to sit down? We could sit down, and I guarantee you we could find just about any angle we want and break down what we want to break down on any game we want to watch. I just I, I think it's blown out of proportion. I mean, everybody does it. Uh, I think what it's going to come down to is everybody in the conference want to get something over on Michigan. I bet you see everybody pulling up their film trying to find that guy, and you're going to see a lot more stuff come out from uh, in-conference opponents that you know don't really take Michigan too uh, too kindly. You're going to see everybody trying to which pull is the, the other 13 teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to pull the rug out from under them, no doubt. But you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you know, if I'm just shooting in the dark, it, it's just going to turn into. What they got a rule, uh, they're going to suspend Harbaugh for – they got some rule not having control of your program or whatever. Lack it's of institutional like, control. Yeah, institutional control. Perhaps. I mean, that, that, that's probably what it's going to come down to. I mean, shit, you got Johnny Manziel on Netflix saying he made money and uh, hoodoodled everybody yeah. in the NCAA. I mean, let, let's be honest. They are not that competent at doing what they need to do to get everything done. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I foresee them just hey, fuck it. We just throw out this rule. We're just gonna come up with it, and then, you know that's what we're gonna apply to the situation. Yeah. Well, mm. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know if anybody has really read in on on this particular topic, so I don't know all the details of what all he was doing. If he was actually, you know, taking video when he was uh, in these, you know, going to these yeah. other games, and I can only see. But I mean, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, it's not hard to get coverage or video from a game and kind of see what they're doing but uh, it appears that it was uh, it was rather elaborate how they were going about this and you know this is not just some rogue dude he was brought into the to the family if you will right. of michigan he was paid he was on staff and yeah. you know he was it comes know, back around like what Blue, Sweet so. said with michigan hardball losing that you know lack of institutional whatever with with their squad with with their staff of you know, if the directive came down from Harbaugh and it it goes against what the rules, what the bylaws are in scouting, then yeah, sure, do whatever penalty. Yeah, but social media, the, the age we live in, it's all getting blown up. You're looking at all these, you know, Will Compton and busting with the boys and everybody else, you know, can't beat the guys, but it, it's nothing but traction for them. That's how they get guys listening to their show. They, they bring this up, they put it on social media, and they're running with it, but... Do you think that game would affect Nebraska and Michigan right now? Do you yeah. think sign stealing is going to affect that? You know, it's not it's not baseball where it's it's simply you know one or two pitches. I mean, you you got a whole playbook, and you're not taking signs from that when you got three or four guys standing on the sideline. I I think it's blown out of proportion. 
Um, like I said, I just it it's it's going to be this cycle of news, and then I think it's going to die down. I do. And it shouldn't take away uh, Michigan's top four team in the nation, without a doubt, right now. I, I mean, think the, I, mean, I think they're clearly right now on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, I think you, you could you could argue one, you could argue two. I mean, uh, you can't take away from what the kids are doing right now. I mean, no. like you said, they're executing at a freaking high level. Uh, my main takeaway is whether you can argue if it's right or wrong. I think my main takeaway is I think this is we're counting down the the days or I wouldn't say years. I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh said, fuck this, man, I'm getting out of college. I'm going back to the NFL. <clears throat> this is too much. And he's been ridiculed. He's been – is they've been in the spotlight, you know, so I, I think that Michigan's going to be looking for a new head coach. He's definitely been targeted by the NCAA. I think probably a little more so than, than most. I, you know, I, th- I do think he brings a lot of it on himself with just his personality and the way he goes but about it. But part of me thinks he enjoys it, though. I think, well, he, I think he apparently does. Uh, Cord, you, you got thoughts on this? You've been quiet on this topic. A eh, little bit, man. I, I just. I don't know. I, th- I think it's BS. I think what they're doing. I- I've heard. I've listened to a lot of it. I still don't have you know all the facts, but the fact that, <laughs> I mean, he's he's this guy's bought tickets to every other Big Ten school in the in the conference other than Michigan, and one right on the fifty. On e- he's buying two tickets per game on the fifty <clears throat> side, you know. And and no, you, you guys are correct. Michigan still lines up. Michigan still probably wins. 98, 99% of those games. But it's funny that this started three years ago right when Harbaugh was on the hot seat, right? And there are two years, and then all of a sudden, boom, they flipped around. I don't think there's nothing to it. Is it that big of a deal? I don't know. But, I mean, he's going to get popped. But, I I mean, I, I will 100% agree with Wes. I think he's I think he's gone. I think he's done. I mean, I mean, this it's always something. It's, whether it's the cheeseburgers, yeah, or the, and it goes or back the, to it just being that. if it come from his directive, then yes, I, it has I see to be, it. But man. it's also one of the yeah, maybe so. But, but, it's, it's but also, the NCAA there's doesn't. No way, the one thing there's is, no way in hell that he's the only coach that's sending those no. guys doing. It. Yeah, just, but he gets fine. That's fine. That that's a hundred percent understandable. But you get caught. You get caught. If you're the one that get, it's like, I mean. Shit, when we know it down here in Baton Rouge, we, we there's a basketball coach coaching at McNeese State now that he went on and cheating in the NCAA, and he's he's gone, right? Um, I know, but I just I Didn't personally vacate think none of those wins though. No, yeah, I mean not. he's he is the CEO of that yeah. company, and, but of this and the brand, NCAA of this doesn't company. give a fuck whether you know about it or not. Yeah, you know, exactly I, right. He's the CEO. He's the one ultimately responsible. Lack of institutional control. Yeah, that's like the, and that's almost the worst thing you to. can get hit with. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, I, I see him back in the NFL um, pretty soon. All right. Um, well, we'll see what uh, what happens with this. Uh, I, I definitely think, you know, his, his MO is to deny, 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 yeah. deflect. And I think anybody in the spot. I don't think anybody believes him, but, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see, you know. I mean, but y'all need to go check out that dude's, like, Twitter profile and all. He's a – this kid's a nutcase. <laughs> Apparently when he was in the Marines, he was, like, telling everybody how he was going to take over Michigan football and, like, creating ways of how they were going to get better. I mean, apparently he's a pretty smart kid, though. All right, uh, never dull with uh, the maize and blue, that's for sure. Uh, but they are looking awfully good on uh, on the field. Speaking on the field, in that conference, a Big Ten, uh, a marquee game over the weekend, Penn State at Ohio State, and it was a defensive struggle. Ohio State came out on top as uh, they continue 
to dominate that series. Uh, I believe James Franklin, I think now, 1-10 maybe against Ohio State and Michigan. 1-9. 1-9. <clears throat> I couldn't remember if it was going into that one or if it was after I heard that stat. But still, um, you know, unable to get over that hump. And, you know, both defenses are good. But I, I think um, what I feel coming out of this is, is you know, showing showcasing what a lot of people have been talking about the lack of offense on Penn State and um you know if you don't have a quarterback it's it's awfully tough uh, you said it right there i mean i thought both uh offensive lines did a very poor job holding up against the defenses and you know all roads lead to michigan and they they handle both sides of the line of scrimmage pretty well so whoever i mean it, it, it's looking like ohio state it is a mitch mismatch going into the michigan week right now I mean, and, and then outside of Mark. A mismatch for Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan yeah, has the advantage. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. But uh, can we just say Marvin Harrison Jr., freaking cat, man? Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, absolute. Marvin Harrison was the difference in that game. Marvin Harrison Jr., um, 11, 11 catches, 162, gets one tutty. But, you know, when they were in trouble, when they needed that big conversion, when they needed that big pickup, that's who they looked to. I think he had 18 targets, 11 catches, and the rest of those targets, I mean, they they weren't far off. He's one of those that's got, you know, that DeAndre Hawkins, Julio Jones type player where you put it in his radius, he has a chance to make a play. And he was the difference in that game. I think the biggest issue that comes away from this is, you know, what Penn State is. You know, they consistently going into this game year in, year out, <clears throat> they look at sitting in that top ten, top five, right, they have not been able to put together anything offensively since Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley years, yeah. right? But my thing with James Franklin is, is I think Franklin's a good coach. I think he's got Manny Diaz, who's also a great defensive coordinator. I think Manny does a great job. I know he had a tough run down there at the U, but um, with what he has, he has the pieces. He's lacking that quarterback. And he's lacking that offensive continuity year in, year out. And the thing is, is, boys, we have the transfer portal. It goes back to some of these guys where, hey, if you know this is what you're missing, you've got to attack that. Whether, you, you know, go get your guy, whether it's that grad track. Look at the guy from Louisville, man. He's at Purdue. He's at Cal. He comes into Louisville. They upset Notre Dame. He's a grad transfer. He's a one-year rental coming in. That's the day age we live in. And when you're a team like Penn State, whether you like Aller or not coming back next year, you've got to get you a guy that can win now. And that's where Penn State fails, in my opinion. They haven't had that since McSorley and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, just uh, just missing that. Uh, I think that one player. I mean, I, you know, because you could argue, and I mean, I I wasn't paying that close attention because I was, um, you know, getting the, uh, the jambalaya going, which turned out pretty well too, by the way, Court. Pretty um, solid. You, it looks sticky. It looked yep. brown. That's oh, what it was it, sticky. You can get those. Yep. That's the two hardest things this, to do with that, man. And one the the biggest point I took away from the stat line, the box score of that Penn State Ohio State game is Penn State was one. For I think third thirteen yeah. on third down, yeah. one for sixteen on third downs. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat anybody with yeah. that. Turn second down into third down at that point. Yeah, you got to make so, it manageable. Right? I mean, that's yep. the thing. You got to make it manageable. So they're they're just, close. They're close, think, but they're just that one missing piece. It seems like. But it's when but you I, when you have people like that and you have the portal. You know, we talk about it with yeah. other teams. We talk Don't about it with yeah. There's no excuses. Dabo, look at what Dabo's right. doing. Look at that. We're getting to that. But I mean, damn man, take advantage of the portal. Take advantage of what everybody else is doing and try to win now. Or get that's, left behind. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Wes. I mean, that's the world we live in in college football right now, and that's what's made the landscape of college football this year so great. Is we have that even playing field across so many teams because hey, we're transferring here. We're getting there. We're getting these dudes in to win now. James Franklin, 
I think he's a heck of a coach. I think I think he's no got doubt. a good, great track record. I, I mean, I've heard him speak numerous times. The thing about James Franklin is, man, I love his identity. I love what he does as a team, building it up. But you got to go get that dude, and and that should be he's, that pivotal point. He should have known that going into this year. Go find that guy because Allers not looked good all year. That's the thing. I mean, it's not just this game. He's looked bad all year. You gotta got to find that. He's eventually got to win these games. Though. And I mean, against, I mean, a, he a, is a good. I mean, they played nothing but lesser opponents yep. all year. I mean, that that was the biggest question mark coming into the game. Who? I mean, is Penn State really this good? Or I mean. Or, or they just been playing scrubs the entire time, and I, I mean, you actually got to see. Well, they yeah, did go toe to toe though right with the podcast. Yeah, go ahead, Corey. I just, yeah, I mean, I just eventually he's got to win. Yes, is James Franklin a hell of a coach? Absolutely. Does he? He probably does more with less than than most guys in 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 college football. I mean, shit, look what he did at Bandy. No offense, JP. Um, but I mean, what he does at, at hey, but eventually. <laughs> Eventually, he's got that, that might have actually really been JP made that noise, <laughs> <laughs> but he's eventually got to win. Soon, those Cord, games. Too yeah, soon, Corey. Too soon. My bad, dog. He's he's got to win those games. So like, he keeps saying, "Is this the year? Is this the year? Is this the year?" And, and it's oh, it's a, he's a quarterback away, or hasn't has been. Eventually, excuses run out, man. I, I think that, and I and I, I took Penn State, but I think I think this game says more about where Penn State and James Franklin are as a program, as a compared compared to. Is Ohio State one of those top-tier teams? Because I still don't think they are. But it's about to get to the point, like, you can't make that excuse anymore with the portal. You are exactly. you are seeing this year, all right, I am missing this piece. I have to go out and get it. And, and the, you know, it's kind of been a trial run the past couple of years. Now everybody's seeing, all right, everybody's going out and getting their piece. If I'm missing this, i got to go find well, it. I think there's plenty, it goes there's back plenty to, of them out yeah, there. And I yeah. think it goes back to exactly, you know, we, we started this year talking about it, and then we see what the first few weeks were. But – Dion set the precedent saying, hey, we can attack the portal, we can bring guys in, and we can win meaningful games from a program that didn't do that the year before. And with a place like Penn State that's got all the tradition and the culture and the history, man, they got two games circled on the schedule, and that's Michigan and that's Ohio State. That's it. That's it, period. And they got to be able to take advantage of that. And like I said, I, James Franklin, like I, it, to me, the McSorley, Saquon years, if he couldn't get over that hump then, he's going to be struggling to get over it you know, in the coming years, and he has, but it's one of those is like, Sweetie said it best. They, they dominate both sides of the line of scrimmage. They got a pretty dang good defense. Manny Diaz has got it going, going there with what they do with that scheme. You got to get the guys on the offensive side to be able to score points. That's the main thing, and and they like and they like it. I mean, James Franklin's got to be better attacking that portal. All right, so same old, same old, it appears, uh, in that uh, rivalry. Uh, so the first of that uh, round robin uh, of the Big Three and the Big Ten, uh, still to come, uh, Michigan and Penn State. And then, of course, the game at the end of the year will be Michigan and Ohio State. So plenty still left to play there uh, in the Big Ten. All right, uh, before we get into the SEC roundup, um, real quickly, Clemson at Miami, a marquee game in the ACC. And um, went into <laughs> overtime, and Dabo making excuses once again after the game. Klubnik um, should have done something different than what he did, and um, it's uh, that's three conference losses, I think, for uh, four and three. Yeah, for uh, for Clemson this year, and for three straight years they have three conference losses, um, which is um, you know that's a trend. <clears throat> yep, that is a trend with Miami's quarterback out too, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that it goes back to is Dabo and losing that locker room a little bit and losing that continuity of having that, you know, trust and that staff to put them in that position to score because 
you look at what club club Nate didn't uh, have the trust that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying you look at the lack of it the hell of it listen he got on there he goes full jared garantano at alabama just right off the rip with the game on the line reading two people he he automatically he pulls it and tries to do too much um and when in reality if he hands it off they have a chance right there to make that conversion but the thing is i think that comes though from the previous weeks of them not being able to execute, them not being able to be in those spots based off Dabo's call, what Dabo was doing. Dabo's all over the place right now. He he what, is. What he, pissed me off about that? That should never come out of your locker room. No shit. No, no. that's I was. That, I mean I was that, that, that 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 pissed me off to no end this weekend. How the hell do you let that come out? Get to the media and them be able to ask you that question. And then you answer it straight up, and you tell them, "Yeah, I mean, he just went rogue." I'm about to say right? he answered it. Yeah, I you mean, know, you as a as a player's coach that he's always claimed he is, and what we've always thought we, what he was when things are going well. Now we're seeing a whole different side when flat out shit's going against him. He, you know, he could have said, "Yeah, you know, that happened. You know, the kid made a mistake." But if we'd have done this earlier in the game in this scenario on defense, you know, you always come back with something different. But the fact that he comes out and makes some bonehead ass comment. When a reporter asked him about if the team has ever employed a sports psychologist to help players during a slump like this. That was bad. And the dumb motherfucker said something about, yeah, we do, but he's probably on suicide watch right now. He's off the fucking rails right now. He is. Who is this guy? And he ought to be taking. He walked that back. He's finally walked it back. But the fact that I'm with you, Wes, the fact that he come out and says that. Have some fucking self-awareness, Dabo. Have some self-awareness, but be the coach that you are and own up to your mistakes and not other people's mistakes. That's the issue. So we're officially putting Dabo on Trevor's shit list. I mean, with, no, Jimbo uh, and Shane's and right Jimbo. here. They're rowing the boat. He's like <laughs> right above it. Right hey, 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 forget about Jimbo. Hey, like in Jaws, we're going to need a bigger boat. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, fuck him, dude. Like, fuck Dabo. He, and he's always been that guy. But you, you said he was. He got lucky when Venable stayed with, for so long and, 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 his, and his coordinator stayed. And he's he's the CEO Troy type. Elliott. Yep. Yeah, he's the CEO type, right? He's got to make good hires at coordinator. I mean, look. Look what happened to Sam Pittman. Look what happened to Coach O here. When Coach O had great coordinators, he could run the program like he wanted to, and then he he, he made some bad hires, right? And and other guys have done it. But Dabo now is he's 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 pointing a finger at every fucking body else. But it's always been about Dabo. It's the reason he sprints down the hill faster than the rest of the team out in yes. front of anybody worth there. And he needs to trip and fucking fall and get some grass stains on those ugly ass khakis. I've never liked Dabo. I think he's fake. He's full of shit. Dabo, fuck Clemson, and I'm glad they're where they are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's Not be solo page from uh, Trev on Jimbo right there. I mean, he got yeah. a lot of favoritism just because he like upset the evil empire and saving yeah. you know several years ago. But now, I mean, had a hell of a run. I with, mean, he can generate. He was beating the shit out of a weak ACC. Yeah, but he yeah, comes in with Deshaun and Trevor Lawrence yeah. and is able to do what he does against but Alabama the, the, and he gets, the, does what he does yeah. in the playoffs. The success but, is gone. His true colors are shining. But his true right colors now. are coming out, and he 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 shot himself in the ass whenever he decided to come out and be so anti-transfer portal. Because in the world we live in, goes back to what we we're talking about with Penn State and James Franklin. You've got to attack that because other teams are going to do it. They're going to run it. Clemson is that program. Shit, they're not lacking for money. They they could go get anybody they want to come in there and do that if they have a coach that owns up to it and, and says, "Okay, hey, this is what we do. We're going to do what we do. We're Clemson. We're going to be that team. We're going to be the team that beat Alabama and continue to go on." West said it best. When everything was going well and everything going good, we had that high spirited, great Dabo that everybody wanted to love and like right now you hit these speed bumps and it's everybody else's fault 
man, get out of here with that. Get out of here, because that, that falls back on it, like you said, Cord, hiring good coordinators, getting on it, right? But what mm-hmm. does that make you? That makes you the CEO of the program, the head coach, the CEO, the guy that runs the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Direct these guys. Get these transfer portal guys in. That's what you have to do, man. If he's completely against NIL, too. I mean, he's like, he's, he's going to find out. He's going to find out. I about yeah. to say, when they lose he's six games this year, yeah. he's going to be coaching at the Citadel soon, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, he's leading from the back and yelling at everybody instead of charging up front and leading the boys to where they need to be. Well, uh, his inability to adapt clearly is catching up to him for sure. Hey, we're going to take a quick, short break, come back, talk SEC, what happened over the weekend, including third Saturday in October. That and more. Stay with us here on Southern Roots Football Show. Thank God football is back, right? Hey, this is JP, host of the Southern Roots Football Show. Sometimes the hardest decision is which game to watch. Well, at Society American Oshery on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg, you don't have to worry about that with enough TVs to watch your favorite team wherever they're playing. Now the hardest decision is what to eat and drink. Well, Society's got you covered there, too. And when the game's over, just turn your chair around and take in the best live music in the area. Sports, food, music. The best of American Noshery, all in one place. Society American Noshery on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg. Rooted in Americana, Southern Roots Radio showcases the songs, sound, and lifestyle that is uniquely Southern. Southern Roots Radio features the Mealtown sound that connects the storytelling and twang from classic music row, the grit and blues from Beale Street, and the rhythm and soul coming out of the Singing River in Muscle Shoals. In addition to the music and local artists, Southern Roots Radio will highlight lifestyle programs from food, culture, and even sports. Visit southernrootsradio.com to hear the sound and find out how you can listen on your mobile device. Based in Milltown, digging roots across the country and beyond. Southern Roots Radio. Come on in and stay a while. Welcome back to Southern Roots Football Show. Jack Trev, Sweet, Wes, and Cord with you on the porch on week nine. As, uh, still got a trip to Alumniville, our pick six, and our features of the week, including Cat of the Week. Uh, Wes, we, we covered for you. We each had our own version of the Cat of the Week. I like we it, didn't man. quite have the spirit you did, but yeah. uh, but I think we had uh, had some good folks, good uh, good candidates. Uh, also, the Do What We Do segment. We'll see if uh, Trev goes negative or positive this week. We'll see kind of how he's feeling tonight. Uh, Big Sweet with Sweet Talking. And then, of course, as always, Cut the Cord. Um, Baton Rouge style. And uh, so, we'll yeah, there we go. As we do every week. Uh, but we've got some SEC games to talk about. But um, I, I, I'm hearing that uh, we need a little uh, Washington discussion or uh, Pac-12, Trev. I mean, you got something you want to say about uh, the left coast and the weekend? I just think, you know, coming out, you look at the performance that was had by Washington against a pretty – a pretty bad Arizona State team, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you look That's at what they did. It, it, yeah, I mean, they're, they, they're they, they have played a lot of people hard. They, they have. No, I mean, they, they, they have played close. Close to Yeah. 
they they're, eighth. they're no Vanderbilt. But but the point is, is that Washington comes out and they don't do what they do, man. They went away from what they do. They had 13 yards rushing. Penix did not look great at all. They went away from it. It was lackluster. It was definitely one of those. I, I hate the idea of a trap game because these guys prepare and they look forward to playing on Saturdays each and every week. But, but that's that what it felt like. They come hangover? out soft. Isn't that reasonable to have a hangover? Oh, yeah. yeah. Trust me. I mean, when, when, it's going to happen. No, like, Wes and Sweet, I mean, there were games where you guys just, you know, for – Obvious well, reasons, they, as much as you try to go out there, it's just natural, right? Yeah, we're some, humans. We're, it's we're human. It's human nature. Sometimes the, the energy's not there. Yeah. They, we're, we're, yeah, some of these, these kids are getting paid, but they're still fucking 18 to 22 years old, yeah. right? So we're not talking about guys that are, you know, it's fully, not, fu- you, not fully grown fucking men out here getting paid millions of dollars to do this. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch a hangover. You're going to get caught with your pants down. The fact that Washington still found a way. Fourth quarter, defensive touchdown. So pull it out. Hey, they're still alive. And, and there was Arizona still was not impressive. Too. There was a nice little BS flag thrown that helped. That helped that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I get the hangover the thing, facts. and I get that. But it, if you, I would have, I would have seen like a if you see a 26-20 game, or like Washington still scores a lot, and it's and it's a, it's a close game, and they pull away the. But twelve to seven with that offense, that was and on Twitter all last week. All I heard is this team as good as the this offense as good as twenty nineteen yeah, LSU. That's why it's personal for you, Court. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we that's one about, reason. We could talk about some motherfucking officiating, but we're not pussies here. <laughs> we could talk about some goddamn officiating if we really want to get down to it, but we're not going to because sometimes I, I, we, it's played with eleven on eleven and Washington fucking won. <laughs> I'm going to buy some f***ing purple and gold, except it's going to be Washington Huskies. <laughs> Go ahead and get it, buddy. Go ahead and get it. Uh-uh. it up. I'm sitting between you and Trevor right now, Wes, and I know you're both lying. Officiating wasn't going to come up. No, it's going to be my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, just to see. Look at, look, look at Minnesota and Iowa. Minnesota Complete Iowa. fucking there, bullshit. There were some, there were some games. games. Oh, some yeah, that cost some people some money. There. These son bitches mm-hmm. ought to be they held accountable for their mistakes that they make. And I'm not – look, we can, we're going to talk about Tennessee and Alabama. Did did Tennessee catch the bat end of some fucking calls? Yeah, sure the fuck yeah, they did. They should have made more fucking plays. Should have made more yeah. plays. I, I would not execute. sit here and blame the officials on Tennessee-Alabama. I game. mean, you, you never can. I mean, you got you got to line up. The, and like the, Trevor said earlier, you got to tackle, you got to run the ball, yep. you got to catch the ball. I mean, you got to execute. You got to execute. The only one that I would say that the officiating played a, 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 a part in of determining that game – was the Minnesota Iowa game? Because yeah, 1,000%. that is absolute bullshit. You you yeah, take that on the field. Yeah, and you take that away. Play that. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's awful. That that was. That and that, was, that's where oh Wes says God. these guys have to be held accountable. In my opinion, they have to. These guys have other jobs. Like you, at some point, you've got to make these Power Five officials a full time job where they're getting paid and they have reprimands, Look. just like anybody else that's a part of what Power Five football. Point blank period. The, the NFL guys aren't even full time. I know that's a problem. I think they are now. They right? just they they are they just recently. I yeah. think so. I want to yeah. think. I was about to say. I want to say it was part of the damn players union. Yeah, the, the agreement that new CBA they had yeah. like in the last two years. Yeah, there's too much money. It's a multi billion dollar industry. It's an NCAA. entertainment industry, is what like, it not is. Not just the Power Five. The Group of Five guys should be fucking full. Well, all time work. Like it's all you can supplement it all through the NCAA. Yeah, NCAA is a multi. Well, you can supplement company. it through. You can supplement it through conferences. Each conference is going to have two crews. You supplement it through those conferences. Let them travel. Well, they're the ones that play, yeah. that pay them anyway. 
or the conferences. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and legalized gambling, you know, uh, main going mainstream has certainly played a huge part in that. And here's my the, thing: the, 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 there's more um, spotlight. There's on more spotlight like on that. it. And listen, with social media, the age we're in is like you know. The guy that called the fair catch against Alabama, and I'm with Wes. Tennessee has to execute more. We're going to get into that. I'm not sitting here blaming this guy at all. But he's a realtor in Tuscaloosa, and somebody comes out there and was like, man, I was in his office, and he's got pictures of them, Bear Bryant and everybody else all over his wall. And this guy's officiating an Alabama-Tennessee game? Come on, man. We, that, that has to be better than that. Now, whether – that, I mean, that's not fact. That, that is strictly from Twitter – but it was that it gained. It's it, be true, true. No, I'm just saying. If it's it, it on gained, the internet, it has to be no, true. No, absolutely not. I'm just saying it gained a lot of traction, and the fact that this guy, they're going back and people's pulling up, you know, 2012, 2013, other games where this guy's a part of these games. When he is, he's a working businessman in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you right. know that's a problem. Well, let, let, all right, well, let's not go down that rabbit hole because that, hey, that's, hey, that's I, just. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a, saying that officials should be full time. You should be held saying, accountable Lord, for what saying. you do. Is I'm what not it is. saying. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, so My bad. I didn't mean to hey, say I, that. I'm just saying. I met Court through the internet, and he's a real guy. That's so, true. Yeah. That's Court's, true. <laughs> Court's actually the one that brought it up by talking that. There was a there was a bad call. Arizona State got on and I was just saying that I didn't realize that Trev was gonna that little vein. Hey, but it's not even the, it's popping. not even it's not even Tennessee Alabama. I'm saying that you brought it up though. And this is why we have an extra segment. Here's the point of it. This week on the Southern Roots Football million dollar billion dollar industry. You're wrong. It's entertainment industry, and you're allowed to legally gamble on these games. And you have guys that dictate these games that are not being paid as full time officials. That's the problem. Doesn't matter what game they officiate or what they do. But if you're gonna have this kind of money and this kind of revenue involved. In it and, and something like this, then you got to make sure that you had these guys that are playing both sides' lines. Period. You can't teeter to one side or the other. Doesn't matter what game you're calling, who you're calling, but you, you should be full time and you should be held account. MLB's got it right. When they sign that deal, Sheesh. Angel Hernandez gets his ass out yeah, though, and they finally fire Yeah, Joe West did too. But I'm just saying, you look at that and you get reprimanded for being a shitty official. Then yes, that's when we're making progress in NCAA. You look at the NIL, you look at all this money, the revenue that's being brought. The gambling's the main thing, guys. It really is. Take fandom out mm-hmm. of it. The amount of money that's being spent on, on gambling in the entertainment district, it's got to be better. Well, that's why it's in the spotlight. There's no question. And and, and eventually you, it will catch up. I think it because it, it will follow. It did in the NFL, and and there's so much money out there on this right now that it will catch up because these things will continue to happen until. Until the people with the money are going to exactly. say, "Okay, something's got to change," and it will. So we'll we'll catch up, but it's it's yeah. just uh, it it is frustrating at times. I'm gonna say one more yeah. thing, and oh, then I'm, we're getting off this. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring it up one more time. Hey, one but, thing. But what no, about Lincoln Riley getting out coached against Utah this week? Gonna, well, no, I got one thing because when we get into Tennessee, Alabama, I'm not gonna bring up the rest. But one thing oh, about shit. it is, it goes. No, I'm not gonna say a damn thing about it. But it goes back to. The refs and using the ability of replay, right? Said it earlier. We're in the we're in the world of 4K TVs. You have the ability to go to a monitor and you have ability to grab a spot and do it. Was was Joe Mint? Were we short on that fourth down, Tennessee, Alabama? Absolutely were by about an inch. And then they review that for a first down and they move it back a whole yard. If you're gonna use replay, get it right. That's what it's for, and that's the problem. Period. Point blank. Period. Point that's blank. what it is. And I'm sorry. Like, if you got it and you're going to use it, get it right, man. And if you don't get it right, there's got to be consequences for it. Dead talk well, well, over. I'm not well, even also, getting that through my headset. I just hear that next to Trevor through <laughs> the, the earbuds. If you like that, 
If you like that segment, we dive more into Flat Earth and 9-11 coming up on our YouTube channel. Join us later tonight. I guarantee you the SEC officiating was behind every goddamn <clears throat> bit of it. Oh, God. All right. Um, all right. So, obviously, a tale of two halves. And... Um, uh, I get, and you, and know, you don't think this Tennessee segment's about to be two hours long? <laughs> yeah. We haven't even got to it yet. What game were we even talking about? <laughs> oh, Lord. We were, I think we were talking about You brought pack, it up. We were talking 12. about a fish shade with Washington I made, and Arizona State. I one so, actually, comment. you kicked this son bitch down the snowball. <laughs> I made one comment. Next thing I know, you pulled out your I mean, my, box, We might as well just get it. it all out at one time. I'm, Come on, buddy. Oh, I, I didn't really. I would have called you earlier in the week and let you get it all out, man. I didn't realize you were down that bad right now. I ain't down Should've at all. I'm just Saturday. saying it's got to be relegated. <laughs> it's got to be relegated. That is my all right. point. <laughs> all right, so get us back on track. Tale of two halves. First half dominated by the ball. Second half dominated by the tide, and uh, scoring 27 unanswered points, of course, and. Well, I mean, I don't have any leading questions. I mean, speak up, fellas. Outside of the officials, I think you've said enough there, so, right? I mean, we're not going to talk about the officials because the officials didn't lose Tennessee this game. <laughs> Got our fucking asses kicked the second half. They that's did. what it boils down to. And that's what's disappointing for me is, like, how how in the fuck can you go come out of halftime? And I get it. Like, defense, what, my biggest thing is defensively, we were all over Milrose's ass. Yep. Defensively, we were playing the played a great first half. We come out and give up 80 yards and two fucking plays, and then what happens with the the fair catch on on the next possession? We get the ball backed up, and from there, boys, I'll be honest with you, I could have seen, I saw it coming. I was like, holy shit! If we don't hang on, we're gonna get boat raced. Like you could feel it fucking coming. I, I do want to since you brought that up. I, I you know clearly momentum had this massive tsunami-like wave that Alabama was able to ride. How do you, how do you combat that in the future? I mean, how, what can you do? You, well, can, you, you hear the kids by don't kicking f***ing field goals in the first half when you're uh, first that, 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 That's what I was Red zone offense has to be better for Tennessee, period. When you come off two turnovers and you have first and goal. So we come off the first one, right? And that's my biggest thing. I do think Joe played a pretty decent game. I, I, I'm, this is not on Joe. I think it's on the best team. It, it's the best. It's the best. He missed Jacob game. Warren, and he missed Samson out of the backfield once or twice. That he yeah. should have checked down earlier. Other than that, Joe played a very clean game. Right. The problem I, I have is it comes back to red zone offense. Okay. When you get inside the twenty, especially when you get inside the ten, and you're knocking on heaven's door right there, you've got to do what you do. Right. We come out on first and ten, or first and goal from the ten, and we run a speed option with Joe to the boundary, okay? And then we get automatically get behind the chains because we all knew what was coming next, and it was going to be zone right, right? We get stuffed, and then we're sitting here trying to throw it. Actually, that second down play, I think, was Castles. I ain't going to say it, but Castles may have got tugged a little bit. Ball sailed, didn't complete, but we're behind the chains on third <laughs> down, period, right? That's what it is. But you come into that, and you have that opportunity to step on their throat at that period, right? Then you go back. You kick the field goal. You come off. You get a good ball bounces in your favor. You get a good tip right there. You're driving again. You make one big play. You make it first and goal again. And guess what? We don't do what we do. We're sitting there. We line up in a trips formation, and we look one way and try to throw a fade to Caleb Webb. What, what has been our bread and butter all year? We line up, and we run the football, boys. 
we run football. Listen, I'm not shitting on us running the option with Joe, but how uncomfortable did Joe look at pitching that ball or trying to pitch that ball? He looked lost. Let's line up there, and do what we There was a couple did. times where he could have got four or five yards, and he pitched it out, and we got one. And he pitched yeah. it late? Yeah. yeah. My well, thing he is, pitched it with two hands. Is, yeah. Come time. in. And listen, I want to see Joe run more. I think that was, I was what the game made, plan in the first half it was made it great. very effective in the first half is doing that. But when you got inside the red zone, hey, man, let's do some quarterback power. Let's do that influence motion like we did last year with Jalen, bringing him across the Princeton fence, getting a little mismatch right there, or, you know, sending uh, Samson a ride out and then having strictly Joe run quarterback power, picking up four or five. I mean, make, make second down. And when you're inside the red zone, man, Make second down manageable, make third down very, very manageable, and then you pick up one, you're there. You have a chance to do it. And I thought our red zone scoring was – our red zone offense in general is lack of scoring. Red zone offense was piss poor, and I thought that was the difference in the game because in the first half, if we go score right there, it's, it, it is different. Don't matter the moment. The lack of adjustments that was made by Tennessee staff, by Tim Banks and Hypo in the second half, that's taken away if we, if we come away with six. You will not win in the SEC – kicking field goals inside the 10-yard line. And that, that, that was very, very evident on Saturday. Well, we, we talked about it, but I think that very field goal, you know, that's, you know, hey, we're looking great, we're winning, Tennessee is, but, uh, you know, this is, this is not a good sign if you're kicking field goals and giving up opportunities because you can't beat Alabama on the road like that. You can't um, beat anybody but, on the road kicking the, field goals like that. But to answer your initial question, JP, before Trevor went on this tirade of fury over Which here. Which one? Uh, about about stopping the the tsunami of momentum, momentum. and everything, okay. you got to do exactly what Alabama did. I mean, wh- what do you think when you got momentum? Ninety percent of the time, it's a big play on special teams or it's a turnover. Well, here comes Tennessee. We get the turnover. Hey, you get you got to hold them to a field goal in that, and they did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, if just like Alabama held us to a field goal in our big turnover. No, that's what. No, that's exactly, exactly. That's, what what saying. Saying. That's, exactly that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, you get three points and say let them get that extra four. I mean, you're looking at a, a 28 to 10 ball game at halftime or whatever it is, and that is a completely different ball yeah. game. So, I mean, Alabama did what they needed to do and just hang on and hold them to three points. I think the biggest thing coming out of the second half to me was the that was so discouraging was the lack of – it's like they lit up the cigars at halftime, and you had every opportunity in the second quarter to step on their throat. Sounds and like didn't. somebody I know. And then they come out in the third quarter, they give up the score in two plays – Wesley Walker bites on that. They go, it was a great, it, it was called up great, didn't execute on defensive side of the balls. They go down and score. And then, like Wes mentioned, you have the fair catch issue. You get backed up. You're not running your offense from the two-yard line like you should be. And it just absolutely fell apart from there, and they never was able to recoup what they had. And, and I think that goes back to coaching. I'm not shitting on Josh Hopp or Tim Banks, but you look at what – Goalish, Alex Goalish was able to do last year with Hendon Hooker and Tillman and Hyatt and Fant. And the way that we were able to attack the middle of the field a little bit, um, even with these deep shots and some of these mesh concepts, guys, we don't run that with Joe. And I think that goes back. It's two things, and I, and I don't want it to get to where I sound where it is against Heupel and it, this is – it was Goalish's offense because that just demoralizes every Tennessee fan. But I think it's a lack of faith in Joe to be able to make those throws. I do because we don't run it like that. Um, it, it is you, you go back to last year and you see Hendon being able to scan through his progressions really, really quick. He goes to Jalen Deep, Cedric Deep, whoever it is, and he's able to scan. We hit a lot of shots to Brew and uh, Princeton Fant and Warren across the middle last year, and then he was able to check down and hit those quick hitters to Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, right? Joe misses those. And I think that comes back to 
We have to play to our strengths and our advantage, and when you don't have faith in the quarterback at that point, something's got to change. And I think it goes back to the adjustments that was made by Hopple and the offense at halftime because none was made. We came out and tried to do the same thing over and over and over again, and it didn't work out. Something that was concerning to me, too, and I'll make this short and sweet, is multiple players in their post-game press conference said, we just thought we had the, we thought we had the game won. Mm. In what motherfucking world are you going to play yeah. Alabama 27 in the first half and think you got the game fucking won? To me, player, uh, I, I think it falls on, uh, falls on the coaching staff, obviously, first, because this, this is their team. They're the leaders of it. But then you got to have some fucking mental capacity as a competitor yep. to come out and finish the job, and they flat, ass, they flat out got their ass whipped second half. And that's, that's, that's the story. Well, they can certainly learn from it. And, uh, yes, uh, the, the lack of adjustments uh, from, from Tennessee, obviously the locker room, and the ability to make adjustments for Alabama. You have to give them credit for what they did in the second half. No doubt about it. Um, and, and I think, uh, Trevor, I think the big picture with this whole Tennessee offense, um, I think you just hit on it, is the lack of trust from the coaches with Milton and that offense compared to what you had last year. And it, and it was a – um, you know, One what a wonderful a luxury generational. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for various reasons, they apparently aren't, you know, trusting Milton to make those types of decisions enough. And so I think the play calling is dramatically more conservative. Um, and, you know, hooker got him out of, uh, out of some uh, jams last year. And, and, and it, I mean, won that Alabama game. I mean, look at those, some of those plays that won the Alabama game last year. I mean, incredible plays. Well, you that, look at look at one. I mean, you, you bring into this point. I mean, players look making at it plays, when, when, when and they're know, not this year. Hendon goes and Hendon goes right there, right before the end of the fourth quarter, right? And there's twenty some seconds on the clock. It said, "Let's go win this game." Let's go win. Let's take this game over. Put the ball in my hands. Let's go win. And that's exactly what happened. And I don't see that trust correlating or translating over to what Joe's doing right now. Now, with that being said, I'm not just shitting on Joe because I oh, think Joe on. played his best game. I think you look at what they let him do in the first half, take those shots. Look at that immaculate catch by Squirrel down there, what Squirrel was able to do in space, get open when he was there. Joe made some really great decisions. Joe missed a couple throws here and there. Every quarterback's going to. But that did not continue into the second half, period. And, and that, that to me is what's got to change. Do I think it's the end of the road? Absolutely not. There's a lot of ball left. But I want to see those halftime judges. I want to see hype. I want to see that confidence continue to build in Milton. I wished it was before this game, but you want to see it continue to build where you can go on the road, you beat a Kentucky team, you take care of business at UConn, and then you got a tough Missouri game, and then you're rolling into Georgia. I mean, it's, it's a tough slate for Tennessee moving forward, man. And I hope they get that offense figured out because the one positive I am going to take away that's going to come back to the defense of the ball is that front seven, man. You look at what James Pierce was able to do. Um, strip sack fumble, his get off, him being able to make plays, Tyler Barron making plays, big old Aaron Beasley flying all over the field. Kamal Haddon had some good plays before he got hurt, man. Um, a lot of positivity coming off that side of the ball. I just think coming from last year and what a Josh Heupel led offense is supposed to do, um, we lack that be. in the second half. All right. Yeah. Tall test coming forward to try to gain that confidence. And I, and I agree. I think that's uh, I think that's the key. All right. Um, any other final thoughts? Anybody want to get off their chest before we move on? Let's move on. Okay. Let's watch All right. it. All right. Uh, Corey, any, any other thoughts on, um, on what you saw on the field uh, <laughs> Saturday in Baton Rouge? 
No, no, you no, touch no not at all. <clears throat> not at all, man. I'm going to, I'm a busy as hell at work this week, but I'm going to enjoy a little bit of my sanity, uh, this Saturday. Um, and just not have to worry about my Tigers, no matter who we're playing. Just kind of worry about that bank account de- depleting a little bit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, one, one yep. question, though, Corey. Did, did, uh, I mean, LSU shut them out, but did the defense play like you had hoped? Did they surpass yeah. your expectations? They made tackles. Yep. Um, that's what we asked for. And a lot of young DBs played, which after hearing Coach Kelly talk today, it's not looking good for next week because we got a bunch of freshmen that are going to be playing cornerback, it seems like, and uh, they got some play in time this past week, and they looked okay. And, and obviously, yes, it's Army, and it was Auburn the week before, but, hey, I mean, it is what it is. What a catch. That's, that's yes. what I was just Holy pointing at. shit. What a – Yeah, but, no, I, I mean, they, the defense did everything you can expect them to do. They didn't give up any points. Young guys played. They made tackles. I mean, that's about all you can take. Yeah, that's all you can ask for, and you come away with a win, man. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're never going to complain about Dub. One thing I'll add to that, man, is just watching, you know, all the heights around Malik Neighbors and what he's able to do. The Thornton kid, man, he's absolutely unreal. We've seen it in big SEC games, but he took over Ooh. that game early. Number 11. Oh, Thomas. Thornton. Thomas. Thomas. Ah. Yeah, I was like, what? That's the day. Thomas. Guy, my B, know. my B. You're you thinking about our yeah. Thornton. Hey, he's not taking nothing over. Not. Hey, I, I will throw this out real quick, JP, while mm-hmm. we're on the subject. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I tweeted, I mean, I texted to y'all, and, and Wes told me to pump the f***ing brakes pretty much. But um, I did not realize that our putrid defense doesn't have the country talking about Jaden the way they should be talking. The numbers are astonishing and astound. He's like, I mean, 600 yard total more yards than Michael Penix. Ten more touchdowns, and not just him. I mean, everybody else that's on that list. So hopefully, I mean, he's going to have his chance in two weeks. But I mean, Jaden plays the first half, eleven of fifteen, what two seventy, and a couple scores. Like, just makes it look easy and comes off the field. Thank God he didn't play in the second half. But it's just, I mean, that kid continues, and we talk about him every week. It sounds like a broken record. That kid well, just continues to. I told you to pump the fucking brakes. I love Jaden Daniels. No, 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 not that. You just told me because I, I, I did the Jaden better than Michael Penix or whatever, and you were just like, hey, it's an undefeated team. Something to that extent. Oh, not actually, okay, you didn't yeah. actually say the words pump the brakes. I just felt like that's what you were drunkenly thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, that. like, I love both of them. Like, yeah. like if I'd have been sitting there, you'd have been like, "Cord, pump the fucking brakes. I, you know, I like Michael Penix it. and I like no, Jaden Daniels. Love them both. I know you love Penix. <laughs> love it. You The other day you said you were riding Penix. No, riding pump, Penix. no pumping brakes on this show tonight. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, um, Mississippi State beats Arkansas 7-3. to three. What a f- what in, uh, <laughs> At Arkansas – and, uh, wow, uh, Arkansas was favored by six points. They lose. Um, South Carolina falls at Missouri. Missouri wins 34-12. to 12. Missouri's they, a wagon. Yeah, they easily yeah, cover. We, we all were on the, the Mizzou train there, and we all won on that one. Uh, by the way, Trevor was the only one that uh, went with Mississippi State. I noticed I said that as he uh, hopped off the mic there for a second. Hey, yeah. Tre- Trev, you got anything you want to mention about your Bulldogs that uh, you had faith in them winning that game at Arkansas? Oh, oh, oh. What a dog shit not. game. What man. a yeah. shit show. <laughs> I mean, is that the worst game since, what, 3-2? to two? Yes. It's uh, ugly. Very comparable. At, at least 3-2, to two, those were good teams. What was it, the, Steel- yeah. the Steelers game that it, like, it was like a tsunami going? It was like 3 to nothing. Didn't Arkansas can the O.C.? 
Yes. They did, I mean, yes. that's that's Sam yeah. Pittman's like Hail Mary right yeah, now. You, like, yeah, you have a casualty after that uh, after no, that performance. I, I will they say They fired this. their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's Mike Elko. Huh? Yep. Yep. So, all right, so Trev, what did you see in the Mississippi State Bulldogs that think that they would get the win in Arkansas? Arkansas sucks. <laughs> I mean, Arkansas is awful. And Mississippi State's good? No, they're, they're terrible, too. But, I mean, my you thing is, listen, You have to think K.J. Jefferson without Will good. Rogers? Yeah. yeah. Come on, exactly. man. Exactly. I know. I mean, I would think K.J. could score 14. Thank yeah. you. At least. And no Will Rogers Arkansas's is going to score three. Arkansas's been one of the most There's our cover teams. right there. I'm just going to board all you. I'm just going to say, congrats, Trev. You guessed on that. You guess yeah. right like everybody mm-hmm. else was guessing yeah, yeah. nobody felt good I mean, about no, that they didn't feel good about either one sometimes they're you, both well, bad teams sometimes you guess right just sometimes it, you just guess wrong just winging it like Cord yeah. did in the Memphis UAB game where his Blazers lost uh, 45-21 so you know what Sometimes you win, sometimes you I lose. That's what I get for going. I will say, go back. Yeah, uh-huh. Listen, I heard you say. <laughs> you beat me to it. That's what you get. <laughs> you brought up South Carolina, Missouri, man. Missouri's Missouri's good. Missouri's a wagon. It's good. Dogs, they can go. I mean, on it. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be a hell of a game with them and him and Georgia. Hey, I think they play Georgia's just, ass tough. I mean, piss on I mean, South Carolina. Let's else be has. honest. But two, I mean, you look at what Brady Cook and Luther Burden's able to do week in week out. And this year, Cody, or this week. You know, the, I think it's Cody Schrader, the Schrader kid, the running back, he goes for like 130 on the ground. Uh, Cook rushes for 64. They add another they, dimension to that offense. They didn't and, do it and they didn't have to do it today. And that's what's dangerous about them. Listen, they're, 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 they're going to be able to mess good. with. They are. Coach is a fucking nerd, though. Nerd. <laughs> he is. Sweep. Nerd. All right. Uh, hey, uh, we. Uh, he got good grades we, in school. What a loser. He probably did. <laughs> we, he, probably, we, he probably said the same section Butch did. We, we, are, we, are not even, we are not even halfway through, fellas, on this uh, week uh, nine. Had a lot to say, and we got a lot more to say. Our features uh, coming up, uh, Trip to Love Not Bill, Pick 6, all that more. Straight ahead, Southern Roots Football Show on Southern Roots Radio. in Americana, Southern Roots Radio showcases the songs, sound, and lifestyle that is uniquely Southern. Southern Roots Radio features the Mealtown sound that connects the storytelling and twang from classic music road, the grit and blues from Beale Street, and the rhythm and soul coming out of the Singing River in Muscle Shoals. In addition to the music and local artists, Southern Roots Radio will highlight lifestyle programs from food, culture, and even sports. Visit southernrootsradio.com to hear the sound and find out how you can listen on your mobile device. Based in Milltown, digging roots across the country and beyond. Southern Roots Radio. Come on in and stay a while. Thank God football is back, right? Hey, this is JP, host of the Southern Roots Football Show. Sometimes the hardest decision is which game to watch. Well, at Society American Oshery on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg, you don't have to worry about that with enough TVs to watch your favorite team wherever they're playing. Now the hardest decision is what to eat and drink. Well, Society's got you covered there, too. And when the game's over, just turn your chair around and take in the best live music in the area. Sports, food, music, the best of American Oshery all in one place. Society American Oshery. 
on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg. Don't forget to go uh, check out uh, FlyFest uh, 2023. That's Veterans Day. Go to etix.com. Happy to the Lawrence County, Lawrenceburg airports. And uh, EB is ready to go for it. Uh, we've got food trucks. We've got uh, all kinds of great music and uh, rides up in the air. We nope. promise no Alaskan Airways um, uh, trips on that one. So uh, no, hopefully no uh, no mushrooms will be taken for those that are flying. Anybody that's been following the news lately. Hold on, what? Yeah. <laughs> you need to send me that. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. We had a, I'm assuming I use contact clues. They told us that in Mississippi. <laughs> hey, look, he's eating. What are you eating? Uh, what are some, you munching them? Some damn Ritz with a hint of salt. They're they're absolutely atrocious. And a hint? They need a more? A hint of salt. Yeah, I need more salt right there. By the way, what? You don't get a body like this not eating salt. That's true. What, what, um, <laughs> what, <laughs> hey, what, uh, what brown water did you uh, sip on tonight? Just a little Angel's Envy tonight. Yeah, same as last yeah. week, right? No, last week was different the one? McFarland's Reserve 13. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's last right. week you one. had the gift bottle from your yeah. people, right? Yeah, the, uh-huh. the local one, And the one, week right? before that, I had the gift bottle from my man, or two weeks before that, my man JP gifted me a bottle. Which you, is st- you still got really some good. of that left? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't partake in the, uh, in the brown water too many times during the week. Because I drink, unfortunately, I drink it like we drink beer, and next thing you know, I'm like, Whoa. it could, yeah, you gotta be careful. Sound like West careful. talking about, I mean, uh, yeah, West talking about Lou Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really sound like Lou Holtz when I get too much of him, spitting everywhere and shit. Speaking of uh, slurping all over the mics, picked off by West Brown, and Brown, his final play is a collegiate here at home, scores a touchdown. That's the way you if you're West Brown. We talk about the ultimate motivator. We talk about building a culture. We talk about flipping a roster in a short amount of period of time. Oversell it, overbelieve it, overachieve it. You down skip And that's, that's what this guy's got going. And these kids will run through a fucking brick wall. Yeah. And hell, I would too right now. Fucker, I'm not going to tell you again. Jinx cannot flush the toilet. He's a cat, for Christ's sakes. You know, um... A lot of that was from uh, our first uh, episode or one of our first episodes talking all about uh, Colorado and Coach Prime. And that seems like such a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. Seems like such a lifetime. What a great ride that was. Yep. All right. Uh, what do you got for us this week, with? Man, I, we talked, we hit it on it earlier. And I want to go back to, and it's not pity, Cord. It's not pity. <laughs> uh, we, we, we played Air Force. You know, we're going back to the Service Academy, Tennessee. We played Air Force in 2006. And me and Trevor were sitting here on the back porch before everybody got here, and it was Brian Kelly on uh, during the SEC. It was SEC uh, where they just Their go pre-game in. pregame show? Well, they, no, they go in all week and just follow oh, LSU, yeah, yeah, yeah. take snippets from the entire week. And LSU, and, and Brian Kelly gave a fucking perfect mm-hmm. speech to his squad. And he was talking about, hey, these guys have no fear. Like, we're going to respect these guys. We're going to abs- we're going to honor them. We're- they- kudos on the on the fucking end zone, man. That was awesome. And kudos to the the, the skydivers coming in. Freaking awesome. But what Brian Kelly said, he said these guys have no fear and they're going to come after your ass for sixty minutes. And the- and and LSU responded. So kudos to LSU there because we played Air Force my freshman year, my redshirt freshman year, and damn near got beat. When they say these guys have no fear. They they don't give a shit if they're playing in front of a 
a hundred people or a hundred thousand people. They're gonna. I remember on the kickoff, I got hit so damn hard. <laughs> I, I mean, a kickoff. I'm kickoff return. These some bitches are coming down like. I mean, they're suicide bombers, man. They're coming down and just like looking F-16s, for contact. Right? This is what they live for, right? Mm-hmm. So getting getting to play this game on Saturdays is is a leisure for them because what they do is way more important than what we'll ever do. Yeah. So kudos to LSU and how they did it. My real cat of the week is is to another team. Like when you take a team on the road, or when you take a team into an environment, into a game, and you pull out a win that you're not supposed to win through all the adversity that the Virginia Cavaliers have been through. Here, here. Three of their teammates losing their lives less than a year ago. And, man, I witnessed Virginia and Nashville when Tennessee played them. Man, they're bad. They were bad that day. And they've been bad all year. Yeah. But them to rally around each other and go into a top ten team, top ten environment like North Carolina and squeak out a win when they were down at, at halftime and find a way. Man, I can't imagine the jubilation from those kids for what they've been through to win this game, man, and then lay it on the line. Kudos to damn Virginia, and I could not be happier for a group of kids, for, for a, a, the, the whole Virginia family. This was a win for everybody. Like, I, I'm telling you, that, that's inspirational shit to me. So for them to yeah. go in and win a game that fucking nobody had them even picked to even cover, regardless of the spread, to go in there and win, these kids showed resolve to go in and win that game is awesome. Well, and one of the, one of the players that uh, – that was shot, I believe, was is able to play this year. Yep. yep. Came back and and he was one of the uh, leaders of, of that win. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and we, we yeah. Saw, yeah. We saw yeah. Guy from, from Baton Rouge. Guy from yeah. Baton Rouge, yeah, right? Shit, he went to yeah, he went to U High. Yeah, that's high what I thought. On campus at LSU. And we, and we saw like they they honored the Virginia players pregame in Nashville. Laid down three helmets out there. And yep. you, they scanned the players' tears. Scanned yep. the crowd, the Virginia fans' tears. And man, that that was something. And so. These boys deserve this, man, I, and, and that's that's pretty freaking cool to me. And it's always tough on those guys because it's probably always an emotional roller coaster every time you go to one of those things, and you know, uh, you know, the way teams probably mean well by you know doing something inspirational like that and doing the memorial and all that stuff, but then it's just digging up old wounds, and then you know, you get reminded, it, by, it you get reminded by it every Saturday, yeah. And those boys, they get reminded by it every day they show up to work in that football facility. But sweet to your point, I mean, you're exactly right, man. When you're honoring these kids and that tragedy that happened, and Mike Collins been able to battle back, Wes, I, I, I think that's phenomenal, man. That cat of the week, that. I don't know if there's a better group that you could have picked in Virginia. Right there cool, man. It was, it was, it was absolutely phenomenal to see them pull that out. I mean, North Carolina thought about it for one week, but Virginia, they're they're thinking about that every time. Yep, yep. yep. And that's uh, something those stuff. boys will remember yep. for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. By the way, before we move on, I'm curious: um, Did anybody stand out for you for a cat of the week last week? Who would you have picked? Off Man, the top you can't of your head. put me on the spot. The, yeah. dr- the, the, the drunk college kid coming out of the stands and kicking for Purdue. Or the wide receiver for Stanford. <laughs> I took James Pierce, man. I mean, <laughs> I had you back there. <laughs> Pierce. Oh, I forgot about Yeah, um, a, forgot a, about Rory that. Rory or Ro- yeah, Rojo that, or whatever. JP, that's a good one. The oh, second half. On paper right here. Yeah. yeah. Court, who'd you Eric, end up going I'll, with? Um, I, uh, I ended up going with Kyron Lacey. You, you say it exactly how, you, how it reads. Yeah. They were saying on ESPN. I just don't have it in front of me. 
Motherfucker, you think I can read? Appreciate <laughs> <laughs> that. Do what we do. Do what we do. That's you gotta clip that. Keep doing what you do. Do what you do. Do what you do. Do what we do. Trust it. Hey, man, listen, that's hard to follow up right there, Wes. Yeah. That's absolute good stuff. Um, do what we do. Listen, we talked about it. Last week, we talked about it the week before. It was do what we do is finding that continuity, finding that something you trust in, right? You know who Ohio State has their trust in? Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. Absolute dog. Absolute. You, we, you know, we talk about Caleb Williams being that 1-1. One, one. You talk about Joe Alt being that top five guy. I know, but, I mean, through the, that's all. it's been the whole talk, right? Everybody knows Harrison's going to be that big pick, but, man, he, he, his game translates to the NFL. Just what he does. Watch the way he runs routes. Look how crisp those things are. Look how he comes back. He's got strong hands. He's physical. He's blocking downfield. He does everything that he should do to be in that position. And, uh, I mean, I, do what Marvin Harris, he does what he does, man. He comes out. And Ohio State, Ryan Day, that offense, they put that trust in him. And they do what they do, and they give the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. And that was the difference in the Penn State game because other than that, it was rough. We've already hit on it. <laughs> offensively, but he was, yes. Offensively, exactly. Yep. But even against a pretty good Penn State defense, he's able to find those soft spots and go. You know, it's interesting um, uh, how difficult it can be to follow in, you know, your father's footsteps who, you know, Hall of Famer like Marvin Harrison. He's all right. And, and for, you know, for you as a son to go down the same path, the same position, and to so far – so far, so far, he's living up. Yeah, you know, he's he's step for step with his dad, and maybe probably a better college prospect. One thing that uh, to me that speaks a better NFL prospect that, coming out. JP is that when you watch game, no, yeah. when you watch no. game day and you watch so, all these pre shows and says, you watch Kudos, ESPN leading up to these Ohio State games and they break it down, they're not talking about him being the son of Marvin Harrison. They're talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. They're talking he's about his the own cat man. He is man. He's his own man. He's through and, and through. That's what that I'm saying. Guy. You know that that's good. I'm I'm proud of him. You know I don't know him, but I mean that's I I I can I can see how that could be extremely difficult, and for him to get out of the shadow of his famous football wide receiver father. Yeah, I can't Hall fathom. Fathom. I can't fathom how hard Hall that is. Fame, yep. Yeah. So so good for him. Good for him. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get a little sugar in our diet. Get ready for the bleep. He stole that fucking line from me. I did do that during my college years. I get in a two-point stance. I just freaking hurled right in front of the defender. Hey, that goes to your offensive line. That goes to your coaches. That goes to you. Quit blaming everybody else. It is your problem. Everybody it out there. Nobody touch it. Get grab it, everybody. Grab, grab, grab. That is just dumb. You look dumb. Hey, I mean, don't it, hold I mean, back, sweet. I mean, tell me how you really feel. Hey, what, what was his name? Salance it doesn't Hurt. matter what his name is. <laughs> going to be freaking dogs in the trenches. See, sweet, you are a smart man. All right, uh, time for sweet talking. Uh, he is a smart bastard, and we are glad to have him. Uh, sweet, what do you got? I mean, that's probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better than what my wife calls me. But hey, I got, I, I got two things. Uh, you know, we need to be get, getting close to throwing Lincoln Riley on Trevor's shit list. Oh, of boy. Bad coaching over here. Oh, boy. Uh, against Utah, man. Uh, there there was twice whenever they made a late substitution, 
and 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 freaking kudos to Utah. They they tried it out. The bit, biggest, fattest, slowest, slowest D lineman out there. That was awesome. And, and, and ate up all the clock, and then they ended up getting uh, – they took a timeout one time, and then they uh, took a penalty the next time. So, you know, shout out Utah right there. And Lincoln Riley, man, or he is just – he's underperforming. And I'm not sitting here saying, hey, I'll do a lot better at USC. But, hey, when you're getting paid that many millions of dollars, you got to perform at a high level. you got to be able to manage the game. And, and, and you got to be able he to is understand not, that He is not doing it at all. But, but but my second thing is, I'm going to get a little sentimental right here. Uh, I brought it up to y'all earlier. It, it is my dad's birthday, and he passed away uh, late June of this year. But, you know, you got somebody in your life that is mentored you or he's done a lot for you or led you through there. I know I got several coaches, you know, uh, Chuck Holt, Kevin Bannon, Mac Bryan, like fathers to me, but uh, – you know, I just want us to raise our glass. You know, shout out Don Sweden right now. Yep. You're here. Hell You're here. Yeah. Well said, Absolutely. sweet. Absolutely. Well Happy said. Birthday. Bring a little little seriousness to uh, to the table. For once. But that's... that's <laughs> Rightfully so, though. You know, Rightfully that's why so. he's a smart bastard, and that's why we love him, because you never know what's coming from Sweden. And it's always heartfelt. No question about it. He still hates f***ing kickers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, JP, you Damn, have JP. no idea. <laughs> You're so good. You're so good at what you do. I tweeted it 17 times. Mama, there goes that man again. Deuce chestnut, go chestnuts roast on a damn open fire somewhere. If it's short yardage, get your ass under center and play big boy football. Write DBU on a piece of paper. Fold it up, lock it up, and put it away. Because right now, LSU, we are not D-B-U. Gord, I'm sorry, but you know what they say. You can't spell LSU without the L, baby. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, you can't be that dumb, Gord. I mean, damn, go send me that LSU shirt, and I'll wear it if Gord ain't going to stick up for his boys <laughs> over here. You guys are f***ing me. All right, so from the smart bastard to the dumbass, let's go down to the <laughs> Whoa. bayou. Self-proclaimed. Both of them. Both of them. He no, said, sweet, of, you're a smart he bastard. Said, he said he's illiterate, yeah, too. I'm a dumbass, yeah. yeah. Damn, that man. means you can't read, Gord. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask. I was about to ask. I was about to ask. <laughs> I was trying to save JP's number in my phone. I didn't know how to spell his name. So. <laughs> 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 Just steal a f***ing phone number in there. Right. It's a soft G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love you guys. Um, hey, I know I've never done this before. Let's talk about Iowa's uh, offensive coordinator real quick. <laughs> Y'all like that segue? See, I can do the producing shit, too. Yeah. So, 24-20-41-0-26-20, and this week a whopping... 10. Should have been, been 17. 17. Yeah. Should have been. Still would have been. Well, that would have counted towards his number. I guess it does. He, yeah. it, it does. Because a, a lot of those in there. A <laughs> lot of those in there. Touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, a lot of those in there are defensive touchdowns, yeah. too, and, and special teams. Let's, sorry about that. I'm over here watching spreads and all that. <laughs> but uh, that's a whopping 20.14 points a game, uh, 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 game for Brian fans. Matter of fact, this is sad. When your total for the game is 30 and a half and they have a service academy versus service academy game with a higher total than you, yeah. that, that's just sadness. I, I mean, I text 
my my boss at work, her husband's a big Iowa guy, and they went this week to the game. And I text him, I'm like, dude, it's thirty and a half. He said, huh, hammer the under. I'm a good <laughs> guy. Hey, you think you? I hate to cut in, but you think next you week good? you could break it down to actual offensive points yeah, per 100%. game? Hundred okay. percent. I, I keep I, I'm I keep curious. meaning to I keep meaning I'm to curious. do that. And then I like There's get here and I'm like, no oh shit, way it's close. There's no, no way it's on, close. No, oh, offensive no, shit, touchdown. No. I guarantee Hell you, no. I'm it's taking a stab in the dark. I guarantee you, it's 17 or less. Yeah, no. guarantee. When it just comes to offensive points. Well, West, that re- it does require math. Oh, oh, get up, Jackson. Okay, so we're gonna talk about officiating. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Let's stay away from that. Let's stay away from that. Let's stay away from that. But on honestly, Too I got soon it. again. Yeah, I know. Court. I got a man. This I feel bad for Lincoln Riley because uh, he just had it in sweet talk and he's fixing to get it again. <laughs> Your players are no longer. I, I get these guys are kids. I, I do, guys. But they're bringing in. Your quarterback's bringing in seven-figure NIL deals. Other players are bringing in six and seven figures. They can't go out after a loss and face the media for a minute. Then you lose and you somehow have a stomach bug on Monday and you can't come to your f***ing coaches show, get mm. f***ed, Lincoln Riley. You're That's soft. You're soft. There's a reason your players play soft, and there's a reason that you will. And you want to talk about Harbaugh going to the NFL? I guarantee you Lincoln's eyes are headed that way right now. And and, and he, he'll, 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 he'll fail up there too. But you can't come out to your – you can't come out to your – I mean, I mean, you lost. Yeah, you lost. Everybody loses. It fucking sucks. You gotta. I mean, to be to be a great competitor, we say it all the time. You gotta hate losing more than you love winning. Hmm. But I'd be damned if you can't lose and come out and face the media. And it, it wouldn't have been as bad five years ago when your millions that you were making were under the table. But you got seven figure nil deals, and you got media sitting here and ready to ask you questions. And all of a sudden, no players are available. And then you, in your contract, Lincoln Riley, you got to make those coaches show, and then you just come up with a stomach bug. Just so happens after you make the second loss, and then and then he has the the nerve to say our 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 goal as a team is to win each week. I don't know where these national championship aspirations come from, even though he said <laughs> it just a year ago that we're here to win national championships. Nah, I'm out, man. These f-ing coaches. You got. He's got to be better. In a program like USC, the thing is with USC and a top-tier program, Cord, you said it best, man. You got to own it. You got to want want to win week in, week out, right? Take it whether you got two L's or not. You got a. You got what six games left? You got to battle through. You try to get to that ten. Listen, you got so many fans that 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 buy to half season tickets, buying that NLI program. You have kids that come there that want to win and. You know, I'm seeing on social media with like, ah, should Caleb Williams sit out the rest of the year? That. I was going to touch on it's that. It's bullshit, too. man. You go out and you win. And, the and thing on that one, yeah, he didn't say that. Though. He that, didn't. No, that, no, that, I'm just one, saying yeah, in general. Like was, I'm just saying that was, no, But as was a that? head that was, coach, that was just well, that was Twitter. What? That was Emmanuel. Yeah. Or is it Sam or Emmanuel? They both suck. Yeah. So Either way, though. But those are conversations being talked about in today's college football, and it's complete fucking bullshit. But you got to take into account, man, what you're doing for that program. One, the revenue you bring in, the fans. Fans who 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 are that revenue man? The ones that buy tickets. You got to come in week out, want week in week out, and work to put asses in those seats and put a good product on the field for that man. And like, I, I mean, which hell, you know, Tennessee's got two L's right now. Listen, I've watched enough shitty Tennessee football that I'm going to enjoy the rest of this year with a chance to go nine and three with a potential loss to Georgia. USC, they've not won a natty in recent memory, right? 
they can still fight, have a good record, continue to get up there and do what they do and and play for their fan, play for play for the kids that show up for that program, man. Play for them. You ha- and that starts at the top with Lincoln Riley, period. And it goes down to your quarterback too. He thinks he's better than everybody else, and that too starts at the top. Well, majority of those players just got there, so I don't know how much yeah. uh, love they well, have for the it, for the I, program I, there. What is, and another thing is Lincoln Riley's boys. Speaking of, we talked about week one, right? We talked well, earlier. Week, somebody week, said something about week, week one, man. saying some. Alex Grinch, dude. I mean, he got Jimmy's and Joe's in there. That guy's just not a good football coach. Let's just cut the cord on that one. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. You sure? Yeah, I can keep talking, but I don't want to end up everybody laughing at me like they're gonna laugh at Trevor tomorrow when they listen to this shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> expected. <laughs> all right, stay with us. Hey, we got more, folks. But wait, there's more. Southern Roots Football Show in the Pick Segment 6 is four. coming up next. Stay with us.